In the alley behind a GameStop, a killer wields a Wiimote like it's the lead pipe from Clue. Left for dead, the victim crawls to a pile of abandoned GameCube disc jackets, finds the empty case from a copy of Mario Party 5, and hides something inside. Is it a clue to the murder? Is it a hint at the motive? No. It's Dying Message, the Detective Anime Mystery Podcast. Welcome to Dying Message, where each week we watch detective anime along with a mystery guest. Today's case, Latent Mystery Detective Agency Catri's Puzzle Solving Files, Episode 1, Catriel and the Mysterious House. I'm your lead investigator, Noah Max Levine, and I've just enrolled in a basic plumbing course so that I can also be a leak investigator. Now, this is the spot where I usually give a spoiler warning. Um, there is a mystery in this episode that we're going to spoil, but this is very much a kid's show, what we're covering today, and it's kind of different, so I don't know how much it's going to matter, but just warning you anyway that any mysteries in this episode we will shortly reveal. Also, everybody was murdered in a bloody mess. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a space dandy, Michael. <laughs> no, 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 no. Where everyone can die at the end of the episode every time. Mm. Speaking of Michael Savitsky... Mm -hmm. who just spoke. Uh, he is joining me as always. He's our resident anime expert, continuing to live with me and watching a lot of anime. He's lucking out because I ran out of time to add like a little interest question here like I usually do, and you usually seem to hate those. So uh, <laughs> congratulations, it's your lucky day. When you grill me on live podcast about my nerd stuff. Yeah, I just find something nerdy <laughs> about you and make you talk about it on the podcast, but mm -hmm. uh, you're off the hook today. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so it was, but what did you prepare for the podcast, Michael? What did I prepare for the podcast, Noah? Uh, I, I figured we talk. We're probably going to talk about it a whole bunch, but like this doesn't even happen in Japan. This is this is in England. Uh, so what is Professor Layton? What are the Layton games? Uh, they are a series of puzzle games developed by Level Five, starting on the DS. There were two trilogies for the Professor Layton games, and then they sort of spun off into these two little phone game spinoffs uh, in the form of Layton Brothers uh, Mystery Room. Uh, which I did not play because it was only on iOS. I just looked. It's apparently now available on Android, but it was only on iOS forever. And that is like the murder version of Professor Layton where like violent stuff happens and you investigate it. Yeah. And I don't know why it's called Layton Brothers because there's very obviously one Professor Layton's son <laughs> that is the character in the game and like the female cop that he works with. Uh -huh. um, but when I looked at the the like fandom wiki for it there were like five relationships like blocked out for spoilers on his chart so i was like okay he's I got a ask. secret brother he's, he's <laughs> got he's, yeah right like there's got to be a secret brother we're featuring professor layton's daughter this is the polar opposite of murder layton this is like the cute fun going about town but also i was abandoned as a child version of professor layton uh yes so they're they're developed by level five they're puzzle games they often share like uh, development engines with Yokai Watch, I found like a lot of the same. <laughs> they just use the same assets. They're like, look, it's a different game because it's puzzles. Wasn't there also a crossover with Phoenix Wright? There was. There was a crossover mm -hmm. with Phoenix Wright, which is one of the game, the one D DS slash 3DS game in the franchise I haven't played because everyone told me the puzzles were bad. I'm like, well, I probably should have done that. And now you can't find a physical copy for less than two hundred dollars. You can't find a physical copy for less than two hundred dollars. <laughs> All right. Let's solve uh, an easy puzzle, which is the identity of today's mystery guest. I don't think we'll need to spend any hint coins on this, and we'll get full picarats. <laughs> oh, Christ. <laughs> Without save scumming. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, Michael just bought the... Uh, we share Switch games, and he just bought the Catrail Layton game on Switch. Mm -hmm. And I very quickly encountered that moment early on where I was like, am I going to save and restart when I get puzzles wrong? Or am I just going to say F it mm -hmm. and, <laughs> and, and escape with less than full picarats, which is the penalty you get for guessing wrong? Mm -hmm. uh, let's bring in our guest and then let's talk about the first puzzle from the game, which is off topic, but kind of on topic. Mm -hmm. Because I'm pretty mad at that puzzle. <laughs> the clock puzzle, Michael? Mm -hmm. You're clicking on the background right now, Noah. Get to the guest. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. We can, we, can, we can solve this puzzle. Who is our mystery guest today? This person is a writer and lowercase g gamer, host of occasional Twitch trivia show The Good Quiz, and one time he solved the mystery of the neglected dumpster, 
I've cracked the case. It's Jack O'Keefe. Hello. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for having me. So you were, we were chatting before the show, and we learned that before preparing, you hadn't played a lot of Professor Layton games, but you kind of had played similar things and, and, and knew of that universe. Mm-hmm. Um. <sighs> This is, ugh, this is such bad podcast hosting. I apologize to everybody. <laughs> I apologize especially to Jack for, for being on the podcast and being subjected to this. So when you played the phone game, did you encounter the puzzle w- about the clock? So I clock uh, I mostly dug into, I uh, got the iOS copy of Professor Layton in the Curious Village. Okay. And mm-hmm. I popped around that a bit. And then I did uh, pop around and get the Catriel game. I did not get too far into the uh, uh, like the missing arm of the Big Ben puzzle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but but feel free to uh, spoil it for me. Well, the the very first puzzle that comes up that you have to solve to progress was like you. It's three thirty now, and mm-hmm. how many how many times do you have to touch the clock to get it to read midnight? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and of course, I don't know, Jack. Do you want to take a Do you want to take a guess? I mean, it. Well, how how much does it move when you hit it? No additional information. It's just a regular clock. How many times do you have to touch it to get it to say midnight? This has to be like a prank, but it's nine. No, you. Well, I was like, you can touch it once because you wind the hour hand around, and that changes the minute hand. Oh, Noah, no. Oh. And that was wrong, and so I'm like, no, okay, so it's no, twice, no, no, so you no. touch both of them. But the no, answer is no, zero. No. You, you don't touch wait. it at all, and you just wait for you the just time wait, to change. Children. You don't oh have to touch God. the clock. It's going to happen. <laughs> and that's in the first... You're, you're tricking these children. <laughs> in the first case? There's always been puzzles like that, where it's just like, haha, idiot. You thought <laughs> about it wrong. You thought it was a puzzle. Those are my least favorite ones. Well... They're great if you get them right on the first try, and they're uh-huh. terrible if you get them wrong. Mm-hmm. And if you get them right for the wrong reason, it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Let's all pretend that didn't happen, and I'll get back to the regularly scheduled program. Okay. So, Jack. Yes. Let's talk about anime. Great. How much you do anime? So, I, I, I did uh, anime fairly severely uh, in high school. I do. Uh, I did have the honor of losing the anime club vice presidential election, which I think is as anime fan as you could possibly get socially in high school. <laughs> it's it's not through watching a lot of anime; it's through that experience. So I watched. You know, I, I like dabbled in what were like the big three of the two thousands. Like I watched a little bit of Naruto, a little bit of Bleach, a little bit of One Piece. But I was really into like uh, Gainax was always like my go to. The first time I watched Fully Cooly, like my whole world opened up. And I think pretty much anything that I like or like make creatively nowadays can be traced back to like watching that specifically. <laughs> but yeah, big guy, Nax fan, a uh, big fan of Satoshi Kone. Paranoia Agent was like the other one that just like blew my mind wide open when I watched it. Uh, sort of fell out of it in my 20s and dabbled here and there. But like most of my anime intake nowadays is through video games like i've maybe watched one or two anime series in the past five or six years but i have put over 400 hours of my life into persona games (laughs) which is the same it's the same (laughs) i'm like i'm making my way through the yakuza series which is just like oh what if a mob show was a shonen anime (laughs) that's exactly what that is so Mm -hmm. even if i'm not directly interacting with anime through like crunchyroll or like funimation i'm like doing it through video games. And I know you were serious because you pronounced fully coolly, fully coolly mm-hmm. when it's spelled FLCL. And I only yeah. learned that when someone brought it up on the podcast because I because I haven't seen that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Persona 5, well, Persona 4 is very much a, a murder mystery. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's literally just a murder mystery. Yeah. And they both have kid detectives, 4 and 5. Mm-hmm. Um, so letting Persona 4 be our journey point from the Mm -hmm. world of anime to the world of mystery, how do you feel about mystery novels, TV shows, films? So I I don't watch a lot of like strictly mystery TV shows, much like how I take in my anime through video games. I feel like I get mystery shows through like other genres. Like I, I, I have 
one of my defining features as a person is that I'm always yelling at everybody to watch the TV series The Good Wife, which is like a <laughs> yeah. legal show. So it's not like directly a mystery series, but there is like a case. And a lot of times the resolution of it isn't winning the case. It is solving the case. So it's it's little things like that. I've, I always like the the draw of a mystery series. And I do love other like mystery solving uh, video games. Like I recently played, uh, I think it's called The Curse. Or no, The Return. The Return of the Obra Dinn, uh, which is entirely just walking around a boat and trying to solve murders that happened. Um, I've like dabbled in some like Danganronpa, which is mystery murder solving. It's not quite my tone, but it's fine. But playing through the latent games, the the thing I was most reminded of is that it felt like a kid's version of um, 999 or Virtue's Last Reward, which are like two of my like all time favorite games that are kind of the same vibe of like, it's definitely more of like a mystery in the sense of like the way Lost is a mystery show. Right. Like a suspense thriller. Shutter Island. I noticed you didn't mention Zero Time Dilemma in that. <laughs> yeah, I tried it. I just wish the graphics were good. It was weird. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. Is Zero Time Dilemma in the 999 series? It's the third game. Yeah, It's the, it's the, third, it's the game. third one. And like you spin it up and immediately there's somehow characters from both 999 and Virtue's Last Reward, which if you have played both, you're just like, what is happening? It's straight up a follow-up, like the the weird right. like past that they mention at the end of the second game when you get the yeah. true ending. That's that's that. That's okay. where that happens. Yeah, I'll get around to it one day, I'm sure. But yeah, so there's there's some there's kind of a range in there. It is interesting because we've talked about Ace Attorney sometimes, and in mm-hmm. the same way that like Good Wife is kind of a mystery, but a court procedural. Yeah, Ace Attorney is like the anime version of that. Yeah, exactly. And then. We have hit on some things that are kind of in the category of anime and detective anime, but mm-hmm. is there anything we missed, like of detective or mystery animes that you've seen? Not really. When I was like very, not very young, but there was definitely when I was still in like high school and I was like had to catch the bus at six, I would sometimes wake up at like 4.30 or 5 a.m. and throw on Cartoon Network because at the, like the very tail end of, of Toonami, they would throw on Detective Conan. So I have watched a little bit of that and I know the gist. And I watched, um, like any good anime club vice presidential candidate in the mid 2000s, I did get my hands on a DVD copy of what was it, was it called? Ghost Stories, Ghost Adventures, that like anime that had like that they just like did not care what the english dub was so the dub was just like a bunch of voice actors just like riffing and making fun of the anime they were dubbing (laughs) oh yeah i'm familiar with that i don't remember what that was called there's something on amazon called ghost stories it might be that that looks like it's from that era but yeah it's it's the jokes don't hold the jokes are very you know 2000s we (laughs) think that grand theft auto and south park are the peaks of comedy (laughs) <laughs> but at the time the just the idea of that uh was fun and it filled like the structure so i think watching that like taught me the structure of detective anime even if the whole dub was just kind of dunking on the concept of the show <laughs> yeah let's kind of transition to start talking about catriel Layton episode one mm-hmm. in that you can tell it's it's very formulaic mm-hmm. and also I think my best reference point for it for like our listeners who haven't seen it is Saturday morning cartoon. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, during the eye catch, it's literally like Sunday adventures, like it's really part of a <laughs> yeah. weekend cartoon block. Yeah. So <laughs> we're aiming for kids. It's, it's kind of whimsical. And it very much also is in the vibe of the Professor Layton games in terms of like something that seems more supernatural than it is, mm-hmm. but is still pretty weird. So I think we should just start talking about it. Michael, what do, what do we need to know about this anime? Uh, I feel like I mostly hit on it, but uh, yeah, so... That's true. You you did. You kind of told us before. Yes. So Leighton's Mystery Detective Agency, Catriel's Case Files. Uh, it's an adaption of a game by a similar name, Leighton's Journey, uh, which is... Basically, this is a 50-episode anime. There are 12 cases in the game. All 12 of those cases are explored in the anime, along with a bunch of extra ones. And also an extra arc where they find out what happened to Professor Layton and his assistant in, like, we get a flash in the opening sequence that they've gone, like, 
I don't know, Indiana Jones style missing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In a way, is Catriel Shia LaBeouf from the fourth Indiana Jones movie? I don't know. I don't know. I, I never sure watched hope that movie, not. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, if, if Professor Layton is Indiana Jones, that's kind of the case. I don't know. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's just a daily mystery kind of thing. And it always involves cute outfits and sweets and a talking dog. I was going to say, I something that I had not thought to even investigate uh, prior to watching was that in the timeline of the Leightonverse, let's call it, this show takes place after the prologue of the game, but seemingly before the first case in the game, which means if you just watch the show, you go a full seven minutes before it's like, hey, also, there's a talking dog. <laughs> which is a long time to sit on that knowledge before he explains himself yeah as a uh, long-running latent fan i i actually we watched a few episodes of this randomly before i played mm-hmm. the game at all and like learned that the dog it's weird that the dog talks i didn't think the dog was talking because nobody else acknowledges it mm-hmm. so um Leighton's assistant luke uh could talk to animals and it was just like a th- it was just a thing it was just a thing okay nobody thought it was weird so i was like cool so th- they can talk to the dog they can talk to animals mm-hmm. but then they didn't talk to any other animals apparently this dog can talk but only to some people we've all it seems just started the catrail games but not got very far and the very <laughs> yeah. first thing that happens is the dog is like yeah can you find out why i'm a talking dog <laughs> yeah but it's like speaking like speaking Persona 5, it's Morgana rules. It's just like the very important characters can hear this animal, but no everyone else just hears barks. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, that's a big plot point in Persona 5. I've gotten that far. Mm-hmm. I can say no more. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna try not to spoil for you, but I I have played both versions of that game at least once each. I've gotten far enough to to get to that one twist, but you know, mm-hmm. not all but not all of them. And I've spoiled myself just slightly by accidentally looking at stuff on the internet because <gasps> Right. Noah, because I mean, you you gotta go looking for like the, all the persona fusions and all the guides and stuff, and then yeah, and all the um the progressions of all the relationships with all the characters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But let me guide us towards a discussion of the opening song, which mm-hmm. isn't the first thing that happens. It's like four minutes in, but we'll talk about it first anyway. Mm-hmm. What did what did people think of the song? Oh, it took me back, man. It took me back. I was as someone who hadn't watched like. Like the the animes I've watched in the past couple years have been like the greats. Like I was like, oh, I should fill in. I should watch like Neon Genesis. I already know what the theme song is. I should watch, you know. But this took me back to like that that prime anime stuff. Like I was fucking doing the Haruhi dance in my head all over again, man. <laughs> it was a trip. <laughs> uh, it was cute, yeah. It's very cheery. Change by Adachi Kana. Uh, she's mostly just a pop singer. She's been in a few mm-hmm. dramas. She's only done one other anime song, and it's for Seven Deadly Sins, which I don't know anything about or care about, because it looks bad. No offense, <laughs> Seven Deadly Sins fans. <laughs> yeah, it was cute. Um, I noticed a special emphasis in the opening animation on this box of trinkets that she has, uh, these cute accessories. Mm-hmm. They're so cute, aren't they? They're so cute. They, so, also, um, they also appear like in the background as she's running around the city, Yeah, just so, kind of floating in the air. I have a relationship with level five these days, mostly from uh, one of my early pandemic things was I decided to play all the Yokai Watch games. Mm-hmm. So level five has gotten to a pattern that they cannot make a game without producing a set of like NFC plastic toys that you ha- that kids can buy and like inter- mm-hmm. like get shit in the game from. And that's what these charms are. They are the NFC toys <laughs> oh, of Katria no. Layton. You can they're they're so cute. They come in like a little box and they're like a little trinket, but also they're an NFC to get shit like the costumes in the game that are now mm-hmm. unlocked in this unlocked in the Switch game back from the 3DS era. So toys. <laughs> costumes which are notoriously like of little value in a game, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but uh, you got to collect them all. You got to catch yeah. them all. It's le- it's level five shtick these days. They they cannot make a game without selling plastic toys. There's the medals for Yokai Watch. There's the little things. I don't remember what they were called for uh, Snack World. It's just what they do. Yeah, I'm actually I'm actually surprised that there are no toys for uh, Nino Kuni because it seems mm. like what's something they would do. <laughs> now there isn't. It's a pretty straightforward uh, opening in terms of kind of the the imagery. She's like investigating. She's running around. There's a very mm-hmm. 
obvious split screen where like Leighton is walking away into the fog and she is a child running towards us out of the fog. Yeah, the, the line I wrote down was the opening is very cute and fun and also I was abandoned. <laughs> <laughs> but I like that they have kind of um, she's running while her costume is changing. Yeah, I guess motivating people to buy those costumes. <laughs> and it, it made me think of uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch or something like that, where there's like the notable kind of costume swapping. And overall, this is probably skewing slightly towards being aimed at girls over boys. But who knows? Because of outfits, fun outfits, delicate sweets. Everyone can like things. It's fine. Gender's a lie. All right. What happens? <laughs> <laughs> Open-ended question. So the client, the client comes and he is looking for Professor Layton, as are we, the audience. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> the guy's name is Simon Light. Did anyone have any thoughts about his character design? Uh, he was fine. He was, he was everything I expect from, you know, a, a game that came out of level five. You know, cute, blocky. They all, they all look a certain way. They all like fit in the same universe. It's like mm. all the Simpsons characters like mm-hmm. have the same kind of face shapes or you can tell that the great north is by the same people as Bob's Burgers because the people look the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like all the people in this world have share I don't know, eye and face shapes. Yeah, I, there's a little bit of like random geometry in their character designs. Sometimes a triangle works its way in there and you're like, "Why do you have a triangle mm-hmm. face?" I don't know. <laughs> it, it's all very simple. It it feels like all these characters are created that like so that it would be easy for a child to recreate them in a sketchbook. Yeah, and they've they've got like one or two maybe distinguishing characteristics. Yeah, this guy—it's maybe his hair. He's wearing a suit. He has a a a tie mm-hmm. that becomes important—the pin on the tie. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's a kid show. It it does not demand a Tetsuya Nomura esque amount of like detail and belts or whatever. <laughs> yeah. You do not need eighty-seven belts on every character. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Face, hair, one decoration—that's all you need. But when Simon Light arrives, Professor Layton is missing, and instead we get to meet two characters. The first mm-hmm. is the dog, who in the in the version we watched with the subtitles we had was called Sure, but mm-hmm. in the game, in the English version of the game, is called Sheryl, like short for Sheryl yeah. Home. Yeah, that was a choice of the subtitles because they were saying shit at it, uh, so they were basically saying Sheryl, but some right. they didn't know, they didn't know what it was hinting at, I guess, when they subtitled mm-hmm. it. So they were just like, sure, okay. And similarly, the other character that's hanging around is Catriel's assistant, who's like a skinny guy with green hair. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the greatest crimes against humanity is that... <laughs> I was curious why when we're playing the game, you were mad that they named him Ernest. And I was like, why did, or why are you mad? <laughs> <laughs> in the English version of the game that you get on your phone or whatever, he's a character named Ernest Greaves. But in the subtitles we had and in the original, he's named Noah Montol or, or something like that. Montro. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's also a bad subtitle because everything I found on the internet said it was at, like Montol, M-O-N-T-O-L. Mm, okay. Noah Montol uh, something or other. <laughs> and then Catriel enters, carrying a shopping bag full of candy? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> and she knocks the client over. It's It's one of like several moments of just kind of that slapstick humor that's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. I was just listening to a previous episode of our podcast, episode 30, where we talked about Millionaire Detective Balance Unlimited, where I obsessively pointed out every time that main character smoked a cigar. Mm -hmm. And this time, as I was watching this episode, I was obsessively noticing every time someone drank tea. (laughs) Because they sat down for tea like three times. Well, they're in England. That's what they do. Didn't you see uh, Catriel's mini corner at the end of the episode? Yeah, and she teaches us We're in England. We drink tea. (laughs) (laughs) So now they're having Earl Grey tea from the South, is what he tells us. I really liked the design of her home. I thought there were a lot of neat details. Did anyone else see the murder board on the wall? Yeah. <laughs> I assume that's the where's my father board. I don't know. I do not know if that's true. <laughs> probably. That's probably her long running mystery. Um, but the client is like, he wants Professor Layton to solve his case. Mm-hmm. To the Until she does an anime thing where her head gets really big and she screams at him that she's better than her father. Mm-hmm. He he even does, uh, as though she does not understand the question, makes a little <laughs> outline of his hat. Oh, says, yeah. Surely <laughs> this iconic hat will indicate <laughs> who I'm looking for, even though it is a very normal hat. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I have this little hat on the she side of my head. She does have a little hat. 
Is that (laughs) that not enough for you? I once had a giant foam version of that hat because, so back in like the, I guess it was the time that the the, the Professor Layton movie came out Mm -hmm. as a dub. And I won like a trivia contest on Twitter to like, for a copy of the game. And I didn't (laughs) win a trip to New York uh, Comic Con to to see the movie, but I went anyway. And they Uh gave out all these big foam Layton hats and it was very cute. I did not keep that forever because it was just made out of like batting foam. (laughs) (laughs) i don't understand like small hats on the side of your head a fascinator Uh, yeah i don't understand it it's a fashion thing yeah they're fascinating yeah (laughs) that's it or you fasten them hmm which one is it (laughs) the fascinator is um an arnold schwarzenegger movie (laughs) where he travels back in time to prevent the uh invention of baseball caps sure (laughs) I would not watch that movie. Yeah, so then he kind of gives the basic story of the case. This is about a cursed house that has Mm -hmm. swallowed up his whole family. They've all disappeared inside, one after the other. His wife and two daughters. It also ate the cops. Yeah. The inspector came and he also disappeared. And Catra Layton hears this and she is so excited. (laughs) This is exactly the kind of case she solves. Maybe she was like, oh, this guy was abandoned too. So we got something in common. <laughs> Do we think this is a case from one of the games? I don't know. I don't know. It is not. The uh, the the Leighton Wiki has like all the episodes listed. And if it is based off of a case from a game, it mentions like, oh, this was case one in the game. This was case 12 in the game. Hmm. Uh, and it's it's all original cases until like episode like 20 or 25. To give you time to catch up on playing the game. Exactly. When you start getting invested in the anime. Before they recycle content at you, yes. <laughs> then we go to the house. It's like a big towering house. The sky is kind of ominous. And the first kind of detail, this character is like obsessed with the fact that he got the house. He bought the house of his own labor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like, I work very hard for my house. And Catriel's like, but aren't you fucking rich? Like, did you work? <laughs> did you really work? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it turns out he did. It turns out he did, maybe. It's the equivalent of looking up your hero on Wikipedia to see that their parents also have their own Wikipedia pages. And you're like, oh, man. <laughs> you just inherited greatness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know what I could say about Army Hammer here, but he was the one who just popped into my head. That's maybe, <laughs> that's maybe not the example you are all looking for. <laughs> no, it is. He, he, he is literally the heir to the Arm and Hammer throne. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe a cannibal. Just like this house. Good segue, Noah. <laughs> uh, just like this house that likes to eat people up. Mm-hmm. But no, but she deduces that he's from a wealthy family. And it's kind of presented like one of the like sh- classic Sherlock Holmes deductions. Like, oh, I shook hands with you and now I know mm-hmm. that you're a veteran sort of thing. But it's like, if you know it, you know it, that his pin was made by this one specific craftsman who has died and they were all custom made. So it's expensive enough that you could sell it and buy a house mm-hmm. and it pops up. And with, so that's how we know it's a clue. Yeah, I, I did uh, uh, appreciate for the sake of the kids, the uh, Dora the Explorer-ness of, like, the clue presentation. Yeah, as soon as something is a clue, it's like, blah bling, it's a clue! Mm-hmm. <laughs> Funny, because when we get to the part where we solve the mystery, it is, right? Like, all the clues are so obviously highlighted for you, and yet there's, like, a level of absurdity and strangeness to the answer yeah. that <laughs> probably prevents anyone from guessing it. <laughs> I was, like, most of the way there on this one. And this was the second time we had seen it. I didn't know there was a trap door, but all the other stuff I kind of figured out. Erase that. Bleep it. Please bleep that. No, it's fine. Like I cursed. (laughs) No, we don't have to bleep it. (laughs) We'll we'll, we'll hear more about that soon. Great. Um, Someone suggests that maybe there's a wormhole inside. Yes, that was Catriel, yeah. Isn't that implausible? Because I think uh, I was read like all the episode titles and there's like a murder mystery in space at Mm -hmm. one point in, in this show. So, you know, th- this, th- this stuff could happen. I think the overall pattern is that there's we're, it's a completely mundane world. And th- there mm-hmm. have been six games with these grandiose mysteries that turn out to be mundane. And it's like a, just a thing that all of her mysteries are like, it could be something fantastical. But actually, it's boring. Yeah. Is it? <laughs> is that what's true here? Um, I, there's this moment with a dog. Mm-hmm. That I think is like maybe the standout moment of the episode. Maybe not. <laughs> Where he's like, are you sure you, that your family just doesn't love you and left? And you're alone forever? 
And and they're all like, that would be rude for a person to say it. And he's like, but I'm a dog and no one can hear my voice. And then Catriel asks the same question and just straight up asks the guy if his family stopped loving him and ran away. And yeah, just lots of big over-the-top reactions to things people are saying that it's just fun. It's just a fun yeah. time. Um, like the way everyone reacts when the curly-haired real estate agent appears. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Simon is like, get away. You gave me a cursed house. Let us not speak to you. Who I will say, and it feels a little wasteful to have dropped this in episode one, but I do think that that is the hottest a character can look in this animation style. <laughs> <laughs> the real estate agent? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I'm not saying it is hot. I'm saying for the animation style, mm-hmm. this feels like what they're able to achieve in that realm. He's kind of mysterious. Like, he's got the long hair. and the, mm-hmm. do, Is he wearing shades? He's yes. got shades. He's got, like, a little bit of facial hair. He's kind of he's kind of quiet and stoic and all of that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Should we go inside the house? Let's go inside the house. There was something that Catriel uh, noticed about the real estate oh, yes. that I was like, yep. yeah, obviously. Uh, and his, his cufflink was the same as the guy's pin. So yeah, the camera very clearly zooms in on it. But he didn't go. It's a clue. But it was. What are some things that we find inside the house? They do a little tour. I'm trying. I'm trying to think of like the stuff that we run into before we run into like the big room that matters. Well, let's see. There's a picture of Simon with his father and brother on the wall, and that's when we like hear their backstory. Mm-hmm. This is like this whole episode is like character who's whining for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, my brother left when he was 13, and he didn't love the family, so he never came back. He didn't even come to our father's funeral, and he was always trying to outdo me, even though that he was my younger brother. And he got the whole inheritance, even though I was offered a house, but I turned it down. Which you see later, and it's like, if you stopped talking, you would have gotten your inheritance. But you were like, ah, I hate you, father. Why did you only give me a house? Does that mean I don't get any inheritance? Shut up. I'm leaving. Don't say anything else. I'm not. La, la, la. <laughs> if you go to your dad and, and you're like, and you're, I, I don't know, talking about your inheritance or something. What's the, exa- what's the example? It's like um, Christmas or holiday presents. If you go to a parent and you're like, what am I getting? And they're like, well, we're getting you some socks. And you freak out and you're like, you're getting me socks and I don't mm-hmm. get anything fun. And it's like. And then also you don't listen to anything else they say and you leave forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would be I would be so angry if I didn't get anything fun in my inheritance after my father leaves his will. <laughs> yep. Also, a house is a lot. Like, especially those old English homes that are like gigantic and have like yeah. secret passages and shit. But no, he wants to get a house on his own. That's what we know about him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We also see like his re- memory of his pa- family before he disappeared. And suspiciously, his wife and his two daughters were like gathered in a corner saying something that he couldn't hear before they disappeared. Mm-hmm. There are also another note is this is the second time they have tea. It's like they all go to a sitting room <laughs> and they all have tea together. You can't go to a house in England and not sit down and drink tea, Noah. Come on. Oh, man. I, m- I miss the... Um, overwhelming abundance of tea in england i mean have you been in a grocery store noah okay but you know in the uk like in a hotel room there's a kettle so that you can make your own tea instead mm-hmm. of like having to make hot water in a coffee maker in the in a u.s <laughs> hotel uh-uh k-cup earl gray no way okay we also meet the family dog who puts a slipper back in into the slipper hole and does not talk mm-hmm. <laughs> useless not talking dog but put whenever anything is moved he puts it back that's his main characteristic blubbling mm-hmm. blubbling <laughs> the scrupulous dog another clue <laughs> all right there are two more clues in the final room it is a clue um bonanza and actually one thing i was thinking of as, as i i was playing the beginning of the catrail Layton game is like as you're going through the case you find clues and they appear as like little physical puzzle pieces mm-hmm. and so the way they appear in this show is very similar to that where it's like this is a clue this is a clue there's five mm-hmm. of them can you collect them all yes because it's a show and i'm not interacting with it so it's gonna happen so here's the question they go into this room and there's a weird sad boy painting on the wall mm-hmm. which everybody thinks is very handsome um would you would you would you keep this on your wall in your apartments you mean a, a, like a picture of a stranger <laughs> no, this this specific painting. If you had this as a painting. I mean, no. 
The head was very large. Yeah, it's, it was not a good painting. Everybody thought it was a good painting. It looked, the painting looked like someone re, like traced over the Mona Lisa and then put a big head on it. <laughs> Is there a pop Mona Lisa? Like a Funko Pop? Yeah. Oh, like almost for sure, right? There's a Funko Pop of every goddamn thing. There's one of Professor Layton, I think. Um, okay, but that's oh, very different than the Mona Lisa. Oh, ick. There is? No, it's no good? No, it's not. It's by Funko. It's not a pop, but it's like a terrifying smiley face, melting mutant Mona Lisa. I, what? It's no good. It's Mona, the, the, the classic art zombie? Yeah, look for Funko Mona Lisa. You gotta get a Funko Pop Mona Lisa. You gotta get a Funko Pop the screen. You gotta get a Funko Pop <laughs> Jupiter eating his son. <laughs> what the hell is this, Michael? Yeah, it's wild. It is Mona no Lisa good. grin. It's no good. This is a monster in like my dreams. What? <laughs> For our audience who it doesn't feel like googling it, it's like if you took a melting emoji smile and threw it over Mona Lisa and it like mutated together and became a horrifying monster uh for some reason but like this is this isn't even how Funko Pops work well Fun Funko has tried to branch out into some random other stuff that they hope people want that nobody wants you can buy one you can buy these on Amazon for like $145 it's like if you want the vibe of Spencer's Gifts in your home without going to a Spencer's Gifts they've got you covered <laughs> That's exactly what it is. It is the vibe of Spencer's Gift personified. Funko Pop, our first sponsor. Oh God! If you, that's not going to happen now. We riffed on it too much. Oh well. There goes another sponsorship. Yeah. Yep. 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 Wouldn't it be fun to be a Funko Pop? I don't no, mean like what? to be transformed what? into a Funko Pop, but to have a figure of yourself. Oh. I'm not talking Toy Story. I'm talking vanity. I mean. It wouldn't be very interesting looking for most people. At least for me, it wouldn't. It would be like, oh, look, it's a guy with hair. I think, like, it depends because if you're, like, notable enough, you'll probably have a lot of different kind of, like, figurines and models made of you. Mm -hmm. But if the thing with Funko Pop is just that they make so many of them that, like, there are characters that exist whose only representation in any sort of, like, you know, physical format is a Funko Pop. So, like, if I'm Spider-Man and I have a Funko Pop, I'm like, ah, who cares? I don't care. But if I'm, like, character who was in three episodes of The Walking Dead and I have a Funko Pop, I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. I got a Funko mm. Pop. Mm. So you're saying if you were excited about it, it would mean that you actually haven't achieved much. Exactly. Mm. I see. Mm -hmm. Well, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> i am not self-styled enough to read as a pop because they're so like the, the face is just like it's two black dots on a rectangle so like yeah. mm -hmm. nothing about me would read in a, in a funko pop well they would wear your shirt and they would like be carrying i wear many shirts i don't have an iconic shirt <laughs> everyone has an iconic shirt you'd have to walk around with like a bottle of whiskey and a virtual pet or something to <laughs> like i don't know something <laughs> as long as i wasn't a bobblehead i wouldn't want to be a bobblehead mm -hmm. i think we started talking about this because we were looking at the weird boy portrait on the wall yes yes <laughs> and catrell goes up really close to it almost touches it stops notices that the carpet is not quite lined up with the dust on the floor and now she has figured out the case bling that's it she hasn't even been at the house an hour and you gotta love this right which is noah Turning to the audience and being like, it's time to solve the case. Have you figured it out? Here's the five clues. All right. What are the five clues? Uh, the, we got the pin. We got the painting. We got the dog. We got the carpet. And I think we got like just the house. The house itself is a clue. It was the fact that his father left him a house for his inheritance that he didn't accept. That was yeah. the, that was the fifth okay. clue. Of course, we're going to cut to commercial. So now we will. We we were going to run our Funko Pop ad right now, but they've already canceled it. So we can just keep <laughs> talking. And the first thing Catriel says when we come back from commercial is that the his family disappeared because they like handsome men. Mm -hmm. Your family left you because girls like cool, handsome men. <laughs> is that true? No, of course it isn't. But <laughs> and as they're talking about the painting, they all get stylized as different paintings. 
Oh, that was weird. Yeah, that was fun. I liked it. I, I thought it was a cute little cute little trick. Yeah, she was like very done up and he was Picasso and Cheryl was made out of fruit. A, a fruit dog. You know, those those the three kinds of art that are. That's it. Those are the only ones. Mm hmm. So to solve the mystery, Catriel just stands by and lets Noah go up to the portrait. He looks at it, realizes it's tilted, fixed, straightens it, and this is what causes that trap door that Michael spoiled us on earlier to open mm-hmm. beneath his feet. <laughs> I enjoy that she just let him fall into the trap door, not knowing if there was a murder trap underneath. Yeah, she, she just kind of stands to the side and lets it happen. She knows what's about to happen because <laughs> she's so smart. And like people, uh, people down below shout, "Someone we don't know fell down the hole," <laughs> um, and that's where his daughters are down there. Mm-hmm. I I think what's so challenging to me is that she solved the the whole. We we were to understand she solved the whole case before even stepping foot into the basement. Now we get to that painting, and I I will brag on myself. I gathered that there was a trap. If there's a notable painting and the rugs out of place, trap door, easy peasy. How and maybe this is just the majesty of Catriel. How do you get in there? And you were like, "Oh, when we get into this trap door, there's going to be a secret door that you got to put your pin into, and then there's a bunch of gold bars, and that's your inheritance that your father left you." Obviously, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. They they very quickly end up going back down the hole. It's it do, it does seem like a very reckless action to just trust that there's mm-hmm. a way to get out. Yeah, she does, like, ask, like, is there something weird down here? And, like, maybe she's just expecting that they'll find something that the father left. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, like, it quickly progresses through, like, a lot of weirdly specific details. Well, one thing they find in the basement is the inspector, who is called in the English games, Hercule Hastings. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first name of of Hercule Poirot and his assistant is Hastings. But in the... um, Japanese, the inspector's name is Darjeeling Asparo. So, like, still quasi a play on uh, Hercule Poirot, mm-hmm. but with extra letters, but also Darjeeling T because England. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of confusing to me because they didn't translate. They didn't change any of the names of the original Professor Layton characters, and it's like, why for this game did they suddenly feel the need to change some of their names, but not Catriel? I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know if that's true. Well, the Wikipedia page did not have alternate names for Herschel or for Luke. Well, there's a lot of sub-characters in those games. Yeah, the sub-characters, maybe, they changed. And before she solves the mystery, she gives us her pastry metaphor. And having watched more than the one episode, like, she does this every episode. Once she solves the case and before she explains it, she tells you what pastry the case is like. Mm. And this time it's like a meal foy. Mm-hmm. Uh, with its layers of pastry and the whipped cream in the middle is the love and misunderstanding at the heart of the case. Sure. I am not convinced by this episode that Simon Light deserves love. (laughs) 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 Wow. I think it's absolutely offered to him, but like he just really, really needed a narrative for himself where he was on the outs and just sort of so this man did let his father die after yelling at him and not communicating any sort of affection. So there might have been love in this case, but I think there it's more so that it was layered with an inability to listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, that causes misunderstanding, perhaps a willful misunderstanding. A, yeah, I willful would call misunderstanding. It. Yeah. <laughs> but it's very similar to what we talked about in our last podcast episode, um, which was episode three of detective Conan where um, the victim turns out that he wasn't murdered, but he staged a suicide to look like a murder. And the reason he did it is because he thought he was rejected by the woman he loved, but actually he was rejected by someone who just looked like the woman he loved from behind, from behind. And so he tried to ruin her life. And in that episode, there's a very prominent line about how this, the case is just all a silly misunderstanding. And you're kind of like, no, these are also terrible people. Or they've got other problems here. (laughs) But she explains, like, this whole case. Uh, Mm -hmm. She explains the portrait, which is, like, the trap that you come to... You're spellbound by it. You examine it. You notice it's crooked. You fix it. You fall through the door. And then there's Mm -hmm. the detail about the scrupulous dog. (laughs) Who fixes the carpet. So that people that come in later don't know what happened. Mm -hmm. It's also weird for a house to come with a dog. Like, you, you don't... 
inherited a dog when you buy a house. It wasn't their dog? It's like impl- it's implied that it like came with the house. But that's like didn't I mean my only frame of reference for this might not be terribly realistic, but like didn't Batman inherit Alfred? From his family, yeah. He inherited all the bats in that cave. But this is supposed to be a house that he, like, this is a house that he's inherited, but he thinks he's buying it, isn't it? He doesn't think it's weird that it comes with, like, a bunch of stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Imagine if Batman, a.k.a. Bruce Wayne, after his parents died, was like, no, I don't want any of this money. I'm going to buy a house on my own. And he went to a real estate agent and was like, can you find me a house that comes with a man? <laughs> they were in that alley behind the theater as his parents were dying from gunshot wounds. And they were like, Bruce, we're going to give you the house. Like, shut up. What do you mean I only get a house? What do you mean only a house? I'm leaving. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, it, Batman is kind of mopey. <laughs> yeah. In some incarnations, yeah. For all we know, that's how it happened in the Zack Snyderverse. That's probably the backstory of the Zack Snyder, Ben Affleck, Batman. Mm. We didn't see him as a young guy. All right. Jack, you told us about the like vault door that you can open with his pin, which is very convenient. Like He was mm-hmm. told to always have the pin on him, which is kind of nice. So like he couldn't get trapped in the hole because he would have his pin. But the thing that was so shocking to me wasn't just like family treasure behind the vault door. Pile of gold ingots. Yeah, (laughs) he takes the Fox News commercial approach to saving money. (laughs) I mean, it's fun to have a treasure to find, but yeah, that's pretty wild. Uh, He couldn't just leave like a bank account number. Or just, you know, like the family's heirlooms, which are jewelry and stuff. But also, if you're going to have that amount of gold bars, put them in a smaller room so they look bigger. (laughs) Or or put mirrors. Like imagine the effect of, of mirrors. Yeah, they they weren't terribly impressively presented. There are one or two places where I like caught that the this show is saving some money. One of them is the ending <laughs> sequence, which we'll talk about later, which is pretty basic. Mm-hmm. Um, but some some places definitely where you you know they're not going super big. Yeah. So the whole deal is his father set up this inheritance scheme to try to force him to make up with his brother, and it was supposed to be by him getting the house. And this is where the not shocking revelation happens. The real estate agent was not a real estate agent after all. What? It was his little brother. I guess by Jack's count, the hot one. We don't have to call him the little brother. Who else would be? Who else would be? (laughs) That's what what, uh, Catriel was saying all along. This is a a handsome man. So the the (laughs) only handsome man in this universe... It's the guy. Caused all the trouble. (laughs) She also accuses him of recognizing the portrait, which was a portrait of his brother, as a weird, creepy child. Oh, his brother has an identical house, we find out in a moment. And I'm like, does his brother's (laughs) identical house have a creepy portrait of him as a child? And if you go straighten it, you fall into the weird basement trap? I guess the way this trap was supposed to work... Uh, and it didn't work this way is that he was supposed to like get the house and then yeah. look at the painting and like recognize it as brother and like the moment he's like longing to see his brother he would like fix the painting and fall into a trap hole and hopefully be wearing that pin like that's how that was all supposed to work out no he's not allowed to take that pin off even when he showers just in case does he wear a, t- a tie in the shower <laughs> have you never worn a tie in the shower it's very classy you could save a lot of money on dry cleaning that way. By by wetting your tie? Although, as we discovered on the podcast, dry, dry cleaning is not a dry process anyway, so that's probably It fine. just uses a non-water liquid. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's dry like dry wine. <laughs> any, other, any other details of this revelation or the scheme? So it turns out the, the passage connects to his brother's house, who has like an identical looking house, and it's that feature that you always want, which is a basement that connects to another house's basement. <laughs> oh god. Mm-hmm. With this like murder tunnel between the two of them. And we we talked about the scene where he misunder we get the flashback where he misunderstands his father's wishes. Misunderstands. We also get a flashback where they're like playing as kids and his father is like being very fair and loving of both of them. Mm-hmm. And he like probably walked away being like, he loves my brother more. yeah it's like you said jack he's just sort of like there's no favoritism he's just sort of in need of living in this narrative that he's constructed for himself yeah and they make up and catriel gives us her um catchphrase line i think which is translated here as the truth is always stranger than fiction shinjitsu something else besides what 
Detective Conan says, but like it's a little similar. It's it's weird because I feel like in shows like this, like the supernatural explanation would somehow make more sense than the logical than the like the the, the grounded in reality one were presented. Right. Portal to another dimension caused by magical picture makes so much more sense than these two houses have a secret linked basement and also you've inherited it from your father, but you didn't know that and you just happened to buy the house your father left for you. It's pretty comparable to a Scooby-Doo plot, actually, which Mm -hmm. like when you watch it as a kid and they reveal the answer and how you're supposed to know, you're like, oh, yeah, I see that. (laughs) I could have known that. And when you watch it as an adult, you're like, this does not follow. No one could figure this out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Apologies, I just realized I, I had sirens going on in the background. Oh, yep. Yeah, the police found out about the uh, mysterious portrait in my house. <laughs> That's always just a little bit crooked that swallows people up. This was a true crime podcast all along. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we haven't seen too many episodes of this, but one of the more wild ones we have seen. The zombies? Uh, spoiler alert. Yeah, the zombies. It's like there's a zombie case. Like there's just She's like investigating zombies, and it turns out the zombies are just rocket scientists who don't <laughs> want to waste time going home to their families. So they pretend to be zombies. What? Yeah, that one was really <laughs> weird. And, you know, we might end up watching most of the episodes of the show over time, Michael. So, oh, well, forget that. We stuff. can't watch that one. No, we can't. We can't. Can. It would be in a while. I just thought I just think this is a nice palate cleanser to watch time to time. Like, it's pretty random. You don't really have to watch them in a row. Yeah, it, it, it's a very easy, cute watch. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun to watch even as an adult. It doesn't have the depth of like the children's cartoons that where you're like, oh, you have to watch this children's cartoon because it's so emotionally resonant. And, and oh, absolutely and not. It's not an avatar or anything. Yeah, but it's not boring. I would say. I don't know, Jack. What did you think? I liked it. I I, I think it knew exactly what it was trying to be, and it. I think it was good. It was good, accessible children's entertainment, but didn't feel cloying. Like, and maybe just because I've been so uh, aware of, you know, well, when I think of like children's animation right now, I think of like Teen Titans Go, <laughs> uh, which is just so aggressively loud and like wacky and random. And this, it's not that this isn't those things, but that it feels like it does all of that with a softer touch. It's a lot cozier. It's a very cozy show. With tea and sweets and fun outfits. Exactly. That you can collect. (laughs) (laughs) Well, children's shows are certainly not strangers to selling accessories. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How how does it compare to your experience of playing the game so far? In both cases, in terms of like playing the games and watching this show, how motivated are you to continue on? I think I'd be interested in continuing to toy around with the games. I don't, I'm not terribly invested in the show just because, I mean, it it does the procedural thing of like, there is a big arc, uh, but I'm not terribly compelled. But if I was in a circumstance where I was like, I just need to put on something very cozy, but I also want to read subtitles. (laughs) Uh, this this would probably be the top candidate but very rarely do i want to relax and read Mm -hmm. that is something that goes on in our household Mm -hmm. when we have like a tea time at like 10 o'clock before we're starting to get ready for bed or something this this is something that we might use in that way Mm -hmm. but yeah i hear you i hear you about subtitles (laughs) i think it would be a super fun show to watch with someone because again it's very low stakes very stupid and I do think it would be fun to, like, have a group of people try to piece together these ridiculous mysteries. <laughs> it is fun. They There's also an element in each of the mysteries in here, I think, of, like, the emotional story they're trying to tell. Mm-hmm. So, like, this one ends with, like, the brother's reunion. And Michael was talking about the one where, like, the wife is missing her husband. And so, like, they get a reunion and he ends up understanding her. There's always that element, mm-hmm. which always comes off unsuccessfully, <laughs> but entertainingly. <laughs> yeah. Any points of comparison we missed? Like, what what does it remind you of? Actually, and now that you sort of highlighted the structure of the resolution, I don't know how familiar either of you are with this series but the plot everything i've experienced so far of like these little mini narratives in the latent games 
reminds me of the sub stories in the Yakuza series <laughs> because mm. they all have the exact same structure of like, Oh, this very mundane thing is happening. I have decided to become involved in it. There's going to be a misunderstanding. And at the end, everyone is going to learn a very schmaltzy lesson and walk away a better person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I've not played a lot of it, but I've played some of the most recent one, the turn-based one, mm-hmm. Like a Dragon. I, I know it's the series is actually called Like a Dragon, but this is the one mm-hmm. they call it in America, Like a Dragon. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The only the only such side story I can think of off the top of my head was the Baby Formula one, and I don't know that anyone learned any schmaltzy lessons in that one. <laughs> well, I, I think the one I'm most thinking... I, I'm, I'm making my way through the series right now, so I haven't played that one yet. I'm in uh, the remake of one right now. Yakuza 0 has this great one where you walk up to a kid who's in this really long line and he's trying to get the the hot new game of 1985, clearly like a Dragon Quest type thing. Mm -hmm. And he he gets it and you're like, a thief stole it. And so you chase down the thief, beat him up, and he's you're like, give the game back for the kid. And he's like, I can't, a thief stole it from me. So you chase down (laughs) another thief and you beat him up and you're like, give me the game back. And he's like, oh, you should have beat me up three minutes ago when I had the game. Someone stole it from me. So then you beat up the third thief and you get the game back. And he's like, no, please, I can't give it to you. I have to give it to my kid. He's been waiting for it for so long. And it turns out the final thief was the first kid's dad the whole time. <laughs> and that that is sort of the baseline. And it feels like the very similar kind of storytelling. And at the end, like very soft piano music plays. Uh, and, you know, the kid learns that his dad loved him more than he thought and that he didn't have to sneak into the city to buy the video game on his own because his dad would be there for him always. And it's weird because, as I've said, it is a very violent beat-em-up game, like, mm-hmm. 50% of the time, and the other 50% of the time, it's that kind of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a good GameStop ad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we all watched this show. We all talked about this show. Mission accomplished. Let's all go to sleep now. Okay. <laughs> if you watched this show or anything else that we've been talking about ever, listeners, and you want to let us know what you thought, you can send us an email at dyingmessagepodcast at gmail.com. Um, if you want to stay abreast with Jack O'Keefe and what he is up to, Jack, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack Oakleaf. J-A-C-K-O-A-K-L-E-A-F. Correct. Okay, good. It's spelled the way it sounds. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, definitely see what Jack is up to. Thanks so much, Jack. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. <laughs> I I hope that they don't find your mysterious painting and all the people that are apparently trapped in your basement. Hey, you and me both, buddy. <laughs> so um for folks that are coming back next week we will be returning to watching detective conan we'll be watching detective conan episode five uh which is about uh they they stop a bombing on the bullet train pretty exciting stuff compared to this <laughs> <laughs> Noah, what kind of what kind of dessert is a bombing on a bullet train like uh a baked alaska okay no <laughs> I can't think of anything else more explosive than a baked Alaska. A hot chocolate, molten hot chocolate lava cake. No, are you under the impression that a baked Alaska is explosive in some way? (laughs) You use a blowtorch. (laughs) Michael. It could be one of those, was it Nature Harvest granola bars? Mm, Because it mm -hmm. just gets everywhere and goes all over the place. Oh, that's true. Mm -hmm. There are, yeah, I guess there are things like that. Or uh, Pop Rocks. Yeah. So, listeners, if you've been enjoying your experience here tonight, listening to this podcast. Tonight? (laughs) I don't know. It's tonight for us. Isn't it tonight? Don't they have to also listen in the evening if we record it at night? (laughs) You're you're releasing this under the uh, night's banner, right? (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This is our uh, saucy adult content. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Dying message, nights. Hmm. Okay, so but what I'm saying is, if you enjoyed listening to this tonight, when you listened to it, you can help spread the word and let other people know this is a good time. So on Apple Podcasts, you know, give us that rating, that star rating, 
drop a comment so people know what you liked about it. If you get this in another place, you can subscribe, follow us, rate or review us on whatever service that is, Stitcher, Spotify, etc. Um, also, stay in touch with us. Send us that email to dyingmessagepodcast at gmail.com. Go to Facebook and find us, Dying Message Podcast, or at Dying Message Pod on Twitter. And thank you so much for listening, and come back next week. But there's something that... Um, we haven't been paying attention to. There's a very neglected dumpster somewhere that I'd like <laughs> to know about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so when I was uh, in my senior year of college, uh, all of the good housing was taken. So I lived in a shed that I was renting from a family. It was listed as 56 and a half, whatever the street it was. And it was very cheap. Uh, there was no internet, barely electricity. And there was a very unclear trash situation. Uh, And I was able to get away for, you know, a a little more than I was comfortable with. But eventually there was too much trash. And I was like, all right, I got to figure out where to put this. Um, So stumbled around the uh, the small town of Clarion, Pennsylvania, uh, looking for where I could dispose. And I found what appeared to be a, a, a dumpster at the end of a unmanned, unhoused street. Uh, and so I'm like, well, this will do. Uh, so uh, I looked around, tried to find what the deal with the dumpster was, could not figure it out. And so in a roundabout fashion, I decided the best way to find out uh, if I was allowed to put my trash in the dumpster was to do that until someone complained. <laughs> so for a couple of weeks, that's exactly what I did. Uh, every few days, I would wait until like the middle of the night and I would take a little walk through Clarion uh, leave my trash there, and no one was any the wiser. And I, it appeared for a while this mystery was going to go unsolved until about three months after the start of my investigation, uh, <laughs> someone very angrily came to my door uh, with a bunch of ripped up trash bags uh, and trash that they had just left on the front porch of the, again, shed that I lived in and confronted me about the fact that I was leaving trash in his dumpster uh, despite the fact that I had no idea where this man lived or why he was allowed to lay claim through this dumpster or why he went through the garbage to find my mailing address. But it was his. Wow. And then I just started I, then I just started being a real boy and throwing out my garbage on uh, campus dumpsters in the middle of the night. <laughs> Wait, so we to this day don't know where the trash was supposed to go? No, that has never been established. Oh, wow. <laughs> It's a, this is like an episode of Unsolved Mysteries. We live in a society where like every person is going to have like trash that needs to go away. And like, it's not just like you can just put it like we're in a receptacle and it goes away. Like, why does somebody care if like if you're not filling to the dumpster to the point that they can't put their trash in it? Why right. would they care? I don't understand why you would care. I can only assume you were throwing away a lot of uh, fish carcasses. It just... Hmm. Stacks of stacks and stacks of Domino's pizza boxes, honestly. <laughs> Just inhuman amounts of Domino's pizza boxes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. See, that was your mistake. You, you didn't have to live in a shack. You could have built a house out of Domino's I could have pizza built, boxes. I could have built a little cardboard house. Mm-hmm. Or built a little trash can out of Domino's pizza boxes. Does Domino's yeah. not have a service where they bring you your pizza and like take your trash away? No, you don't get to like, it's not like you get a discount if you give them the old box back. Yeah, but like they have a dumpster, they could take your trash back to the restaurant. Oh, I'm sorry. What makes you think I was going to the physical establishment? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Like we rarely when I was growing up, we rarely got pizza deliveries. We would always drive out and pick up the pizza because it was like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, a five minute drive. We had a a couple pizza huts and Domino's and um, Papa John's all within Mm-hmm. like right outside of our suburban neighborhood did you all like get lots of pizza deliveries when you were growing up so yes when i was uh when i was growing up we got a you know decent amount of deliveries it was 50 50 but i do want to reiterate this may not have been clear uh i was living in a shed so i did have depression so the going out and getting pizza really was not much of an option no i'm not questioning that because like by the time i was an, ad- an adult or i don't know something resembling an adult yeah mm-hmm. pizza delivery is great not only did i mean so we actually lived like half a block from the pizza shop we always went to when i was a kid like i would walk to the top of the street and get the pizza but um for many years of my life i thought pizza was bad oh because it was bad pizza turns out that it was just because 
The only pizza I'd ever had was pizza from this place and Chuck E. Cheese, and both of them oh, yeah. are bad. They're bad examples of pizza. So, <laughs> Did you not ever have some of the frozen pizzas? Oh, Ely, my mom would burn the crap out of Elio. She liked it <laughs> black as midnight. <laughs> <laughs> to this day, she will eat like a black charred Elio's pizza and just mm-hmm. be like, this is how I like it. Huh, yeah. yeah, so I didn't have any good examples of pizza growing up. And then one day I was like, wait, pizza is good? And then the and next then day became... you found out that you had been lactose intolerant your whole life. <laughs> yeah, like I had a very small window in my life where I was like, pizza is good. And also... But I also probably shouldn't have eaten it back then. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jack, um, if you ever want to take like a film crew out mm-hmm. to the sh- out to the shed where you lived and want to poke around to try to find the dumpster, uh, <laughs> let, let us know. I will. I will. It's. I, I should. Yeah. It was really a, a sub mystery to the larger mystery. I yeah. solved the mystery of who owned that dumpster, but still never found my dumpster. And I guess Which, I am still looking. Which is pretty shocking as you emphasize <laughs> like the effort he went to to bring your trash back to you. Mm-hmm. And that closes the case on this week's Dying Message, the Detective Anime Mystery Podcast. Episode 36, in which we are led astray by handsome men. Podcast cover art created by Miriam Bloom. Music excerpted from Solve the Damn Mystery by Jesse Spillane. Thank you again to our mystery guest, Jack O'Keefe. Coming up. What is with the lack of parental supervision on Japanese transit? Do Japanese bullet trains offer a discount for luggage containing only underwear? Will a train go boom? All that and more when we next examine the scene of the crime for that fatal note. The Dying Message. Is it possible that you've been looking for a dumpster your whole life, but actually this guy came to tell you? where your dumpster was and you were just like what my trash can't go in your dumpster oh i can't hear you anymore okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) i was gonna say um another solution would have been to i don't know how how you would have gotten a hold of someone else's mail but to start throwing away trash bags with someone else's mail (laughs) right (laughs) oh my god i want to do that for no reason so that he would bring it to someone else's doorstep if anything (laughs) i'm actually more total mystery about someone else solving a mystery of which i was the uh creator (laughs) Oh, wow, that's true. He had this. He solved that mystery, mm-hmm. the mystery of who's throwing their crap into my dumpster that I'm mad about for some reason. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's it's we've all seen a sign that says no illegal dumping, right? Yeah, I just feel like if you're walking up to a shed and you're like, someone lives in here, that's the part where you're like, maybe I don't have to yell at this child. 